Welcome to the Empowered Indie Artist Podcast, where independent artists just like you come to learn everything they need to know about building a sustainable music business. I'm Becky. I'm so glad you're here. This episode is about my story. The frustration that a lot of musicians and independent artists face is how do I make a living with my music? And I was once just like you. I actually worked at a bank full time for about 18 years. Now, that's a very long time. And in today's world and with a lot of helpful tips from people like me, you don't have to take that long. This My story goes back into the 90s before we had YouTube, before we had home computers where you could make music at home. There's a lot of things that have changed. So don't let that 18-year statement freak you out. But there was a strategy to it. This strategy will apply in today's music business just as it did in my past getting to the point of going full time with music. It just took me a long time because honestly, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And that was part of why it took so long. So I'll just go back to the beginning. I graduated high school in 1989. And so when I was looking at colleges, there were really only a couple of um, options available for a musician. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew music had to be a part of it. I loved singing in choirs, I loved singing, I loved writing songs, and that was all that I knew. But I didn't have uh, technical brain knowledge for music. I was not like an advanced musician. I took AP music theory in high school, and it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is really hard. But there was something about it that I found really fun and challenging, and I don't know why, because... I hated math. I mean, like, I can't do math. But something about music theory just fascinated me. And um, in a good way, I felt it was challenging and was really pushing me to elevate my musicianship because really I had nothing. I had like a year of piano lessons when I was nine or 10, and I epically failed at that because my piano teacher hated me and was mad at me because I just wanted to play by ear and didn't want to play all those stupid little songs and I didn't want to learn how to read music, (laughs) but I fell in love with playing piano. I just didn't love taking lessons. So I was always making stuff up on the piano. I had learned how to read music well enough to figure out sheet music. So if my dad had this big book of piano songs um, that was like popular songs of the day. And so there were songs that I had heard on the radio and I would kind of figure out, oh, okay, I think these are the notes and I know what it's supposed to sound like. So I kind of combined my limited knowledge of reading music with my ear and was eventually playing songs all day long. And I just loved it. Anyway, back to the college situation in 1989 slash 1990, there were only so many options for um, a singer who wanted to get into music. It was You either go into classical performance, musical theater, or education. In high school, I had been really involved in musical theater, so but but there was something about I I just was not interested in pursuing that whole um, theater world, Broadway. I am not a dancer, you know. I just really was not interested in that. 
Um, but I loved to write songs and I loved to sing. So if you didn't want to go into classical performance, you went into education. And actually my first real voice teacher in my first year of college told me, you're not good enough to go into classical performance, so you should go into education. So I did. <laughs> but I spent the next five years perfecting and taking voice from this teacher. And I got actually really good singing classical. Um, but I just, I loved singing it, but I just didn't love that world. I didn't want to be in operas. Um, anyway, so I definitely pursued the music education route. And all the while, I am young, I had to have a job, and so I started a job at a bank working part-time while I was going to school. My sophomore year of college, um, part of the curriculum for education was I had to start teaching voice lessons. And I had one student that would come to my house, and I had this old beat-up piano, and I taught her lessons and I didn't get paid because it was part of my class. But then I actually really loved it. I fell in love with this like, oh my gosh, I didn't really have a whole lot of experience being educated by a singing teacher myself, but I had a lot of really great instincts as a singer. And so I fell in love with that process of helping a singer get better. And I began teaching voice from that moment on. So I was 20 years old and I did not stop teaching voice until just like a year and a half ago. So that was 30 years of teaching voice lessons. So now let's fast forward about 18 years. <laughs> I am working full time at a bank and it was actually you know, I had a really good job. I, I felt like I was really competent at it. I was in operations and I loved it. I loved my coworkers, but my heart ached for music. I really wanted to be able to make music full time. I also had a really good studio of singing students that I had built over the years. So I had full-time bank job, nine to five. Sometimes I'd be working Saturdays. And so the whole nine to five thing wasn't really applicable um, because banking hours quickly diminished. So I was working sometimes till eight o'clock at night. Uh, but I also had these voice students on in the evenings and on Saturdays and usually had about 20 voice students while I was working full-time. And this was in about 2007, I had had a waiting list in my vocal studio. I was in the process of learning how to produce vocals. I was spending a lot of time working with my students on producing their vocals in the studio, helping them with their songs and actually helping them create their demos. And I was really starting to fall in love with the studio environment, the process of creation. All the while, I have this waiting list of students. I had, over the years, I had to turn people down um, because I was really limited in the amount of time I could spend teaching because of the fact that I had a full-time job. So anyway, I kept this list of people who wanted lessons, and I just made the decision Actually, I calculated it first, and this is where the strategy comes in. I calculated exactly how many more students I could add to my student roster 
that would replace my bank income. Now, this might not be a surprise to you, but as a voice teacher, I was earning about four times more per hour. So literally, I could go from 20 students to 40 students and replace my bank income. I just needed to double my student load and I would financially be fine. So that was my strategy. And it took me these couple of years of building my waiting list and figuring out exactly when the right time was. Well, August of 2007, I decided was the right time. I was gonna go back to school and finish my degree, which I had almost finished, but hadn't quite, and it just bothered me that I wasn't done. Even though nobody cared, I had already established myself as a voice teacher enough to have a waiting list. Nobody cared that I hadn't finished my degree, but I'm such a finisher, it just bugged me. So I decided I'm going to contact everyone on my waiting list from the last two years and tell them, starting this date, I have 20 openings. If you are interested, let me know. And I booked, it took me about six weeks, and I booked all of my full roster. I had now 40 students and was able to quit the bank. That was 2007, August of 2007, and it is now April of 2023, and that's how long I've been making a living as a musical entrepreneur. Now, it's taken some shifts since that point. In 2010, I went through a divorce. I was living in California at the time. I went through a divorce and could not afford to live in South, Southern California as a single person, and especially um, because my business was based in my home, I did not have a place where I could have my students come, and I had to find an apartment, and it was really, really expensive to find even just an apartment, but then I couldn't have singers coming over and doing vocal exercises with, you know, the walls, people next door going, shut up, what is going on over there? <laughs> so devastatingly, I decided I needed to move back to Utah where all of my family is because I really was um, completely destitute. I had no money, nowhere to live, and of course was really, really sad because it was a difficult breakup. Um, we had been married 10 years. So it was really heartbreaking, the whole situation. So I came back to Utah. I was living in my parents' basement. Now, this part of the story, I haven't told a lot of people. And it wasn't until I was being interviewed by Kylie Comstock, a great friend of mine that was a student. Um, she was interviewing me for her podcast. And I'll put a link in the description below if you're watching this on YouTube to her podcast, because she is amazing. She's only 18 and is just so smart and so motivated and such an inspiration. As she was interviewing me, she asked me a question. She said, what, I can't remember exactly how it was worded, something about what is one of the lowest points in your journey as an entrepreneur. And of course, this moment in time came to my mind. January of 2011, moving back to Utah with basically my tail between my legs. I'm 39 years old, broke 
as can be, like no money. Everything that I owned, I fit in my car. (laughs) 39 years old, I'm moving in with my parents. (laughs) Okay, if you are, you know, an adult, you know what this feels like. If you've ever been in this situation, you know that this is like what half humiliating and half you feel like this is hopeless. You know, I'm, how can I ever get back on my feet again? So when she asked me about this hard situation and I was telling the story, um, I realized that it was kind of a sink or swim moment for me. I spent about a year in Utah. Um, You know, my family lived in Utah, so I had a lot of connections. I had a lot of support. I wasn't completely alone or anything, but I did have to start my new business completely from scratch. Now, at this point, I had been producing vocals. I had been helping work out demos, and I had been learning how to produce music with my own music. And the quality was like maybe not super great, but I was getting better and I really, really loved it. So here I was in this new town and I just, out of desperation, I said, I'm going to do whatever people need me to do. If they want vocal lessons, if they want songwriting lessons, if they want to record an EP or an album, I put on that audio engineer hat and I just was like, I'll just fake it till I make it. And Honestly, if I look, listen back to some of the very first stuff that I did, of course, it's, you know, you're going to hear that it wasn't (laughs) as good as what I can do today. But what people kept telling me was, man, your vocals sound so good. Like the vocal mix, the vocal production, the cool harmonies, because I had already been doing that for a good five years by this point. So anyway, a year into this, I still could not pay my bills and I had to file bankruptcy and I was now living in a condo that my, it was my grandmother's. So it was still owned by my family, Um, but I was paying rent and it was not cheap and I could barely pay the rent. I was just not making that much money. Um, I didn't have enough students. I didn't have enough clients and I was doing everything I could to get the word out. I was going to um, community events. Uh, I joined the Chamber of Commerce. I was doing all of the right business things, but it was becoming desperate and I started applying for jobs. Now, I knew that if I got a job at a bank, somewhere where I have all this, you know, almost 20 years of experience in, where I'm really good, I'm a great manager, I'm great with operations, I'm great with customers. I knew that if I went back to a bank job, I would get sucked in. They'd be like, oh, can't you go full time? Can't you, you know, can't we give you more responsibility because you're so good and you have all this experience? And I was like, I am not going to get a job at a bank because I will get sucked in to the comfort of having that full-time job and not having to stress about earning a living with music. As much as I love doing music all day long, when that is how you earn your money and you're barely scraping it, (laughs) scraping by, it can be very, very stressful. And for some people, it can take the joy right out of it. So 
I always say, you know, sometimes the day job is actually great to fund a music business on the side because it helps you keep that balance. It helps you keep the passion for music. But because I wasn't just trying to be a full-time musician, like playing music all day long, but I was also coaching, I just had quite a variety. I knew that I could find the balance. I just needed a little help with a little additional income. So I was applying at all these random like grocery store stocking shelves in the middle of the night kind of jobs. And I actually applied for a security company um, in their tech support, like getting phone calls and helping them through tech support. I applied there, which is like not even, I mean, not even my wheelhouse, right? They offered me the job and I accepted it. And it was literally the weekend before I was going to start the new job, I was contacted by a local talent agency that needed a voice teacher and someone to nurture their talent and to recruit. Long story short about this this talent agency, I was only with that talent agent for six weeks. It was a total poop show, if I want to be honest. It was a joke, and I definitely did not earn money. (laughs) She wasn't even paying me. Um, But what I did, what it did was I turned down that job. I was like, oh, guess what? Something else came along that I'm going to take. Thank you for the opportunity. I start working at this talent agency, and I start meeting all of these amazing local artists. And I added some new students to my roster, I started doing some recording for a few of them. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know how it happened really on paper, but all of a sudden I was so busy. I was completely maxed out with students and they didn't all just come from the talent agency. That's what's so strange. It was just everything aligned. And that was, I think, 2012. And from that moment on, I have never had to look for a job. Have I looked for a job though? Yes. And the reason is, is that as I was saying, sometimes the comfort of a full-time job, sometimes you just are like, I just am tired. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of having to grind. I'm I'm tired of everything. If I let my life get out of balance, That's when I start pulling up the bank (laughs) jobs, local credit union job posting board. And I'm like, I just, I just don't want to have to worry about anything anymore. I just want to show up for a job, go home, eat dinner, watch TV, and then go the next day and not have to worry about insurance and all that stuff. Sometimes that is appealing. I totally get that. But as soon as I start thinking about what that does feel like, And because I have 18 years in this situation, I know what it feels like. Even though it was a good job, even though I had great coworkers and I was making pretty good money, every single day was like, I felt like my soul was dying a little bit more. And that was a big motivator for me to stay away from the job boards. I knew that my soul would just start to wither away and die And now at this stage of my musical entrepreneurial life, 
I feel so passionate about helping artists just like you accomplish your goals and your dreams because I know that it can happen. It's going to look totally different for you than it did for me or for the next guy, but it's totally possible. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. You have to learn how to monetize various skill sets. You have to be disciplined. And all of this stuff is very possible if you absolutely have your mind set to make it happen. And if you have someone that can help you out. I do have some courses that are meant to help independent artists. I have some coaching sessions available. If you'll visit my website, it's called Empowered Indie Artists, with two S's, S-T-S at the end, artists.com. Come check it out and see what I have to um, available that can hopefully help you monetize your music strengths, your talents, and give to the world the creativity, the musicality that you were born with, that you were gifted with. We honestly have a calling. This is our calling. And if you feel that in your heart, if you're like, man, I feel that. I know that I'm meant to do music, but you still are having to go to the nine to five grind. I totally feel you. But just as kind of a recap at the end of this story, shift your thinking for just a minute. That nine to five job can be part of the plan. It doesn't have to be like, okay, that's plan B. It's paying my bills. My plan A is I want to be a musician. No, make your nine to five job, your day job, part of plan A. You need capital. You need money to live. You need money to invest in your music business. So if the day job is doing that, great. You just need to make sure that you're carving out what is realistic in your life, carving out that time to build the music business. Now, if you only have two hours a week, and maybe it's in 30-minute chunks, that's okay. If you have two hours on a Saturday, that's okay. But be strategic about it. Make sure that you know exactly what step one is, step two, step three, and it may take you a year to finally get to that point. Hey, it took me 18, right? (laughs) But again, it, it won't take you 18, I promise you. So I hope this was really helpful and inspiring. I know it was a little bit long and rambly. I just kind of wanted to share my story with you. If it was helpful, please let me know. I'd love to hear your comments, share your story with me. And again, Make sure that you visit my website, empoweredindieartists.com, and see if there's anything I have available that I might be able to help you out with. Thank you for joining me, and until next time, have a great week.